Amen. Thank you. Well, I'm excited today for a lot of reasons. I'm excited always by our worship band. Uh, I feel like I've been worshiping every time I come into this church. I'm excited also because I sat in on Pastor Raymond's sermon, so I'm fired up for that. Uh, from that, uh, fired up about our new um, sermon series, uh, The Inequity of Grace. I think we're in a time where we really need to understand the foundations of grace because we have some troubles living into it, and I think that's because we don't fully understand grace. When we begin to wrap our hearts and our minds around grace, grace can be very hard. Grace can, on its surface in the world, seem very unfair. And we're going to unpack that over the next few weeks. But I'm excited to be here. I'm excited uh, you folks are here. I have some family here, uh, my wife and uh, my son and his fiance Amanda. My son's Jake. They're here, so I'm excited about that. Um, also, I have a couple items of business. Uh, the board had agreed if our walkthrough goes well next week uh, that we can reopen um, on the 27th, but it's conditional that we want to be as safe um, as we possibly can. And so first the item of business, we need some ushers. So if you're an usher, uh, there's a link on the GPS. If you're wanting to do that, please sign that. It has some list of responsibilities we expect that you're going to have, and we might add some depending how we walk through. The walkthrough is to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks. We can sit in a meeting and try to plan out every single detail, but um, we might leave something out and we don't want to leave anything out. So if you are interested in being an usher, please um, sign up uh, this week and we'll be getting in contact with you. All right. I think Lighthouse Ministry, YouTube, sign up. Uh, you are your official now. You are definitely official. So I welcome everybody that's here. I welcome everybody that is at home. Um, our scripture that we are going to begin with comes out of Matthew chapter 20. Um, it's the story of the workers in the vineyard. Listen for the word of God. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for the vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into the vineyard to work. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon, about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why are you standing here? Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those that came, so when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble. 
against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us. You have, who have borne the burden of the work in the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want, I want to give one who was hired last the same that I gave you. Don't I have the right to do that? Uh, do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I pray that you guide the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, that the Holy Spirit, uh, Lord, would uh, carry to us, uh, both present in church and at home, the message that you have for us here today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now in this, you, you hear the words, right? It says, this is not fair. You, we have worked all day in the hot sun. We have worked since early in the morning. And you're giving these folks that worked an hour the same thing. That's not equitable, right? That's not right. It's not fair. It's not just. And as all things in Matthew, uh, Matthew is speaking to a specific um, aspect of the Israelites, of the Jewish people, of the Jewish faith. And is talking about their grumbling, and he's setting up for the coming of grace when it's no longer about uh, your heritage or the law, but it is about grace. And so the, the grumbling that would come, because we, um, you, you hear it in Romans, you see it later on in the Gospels, that they're about their stature, and, and they should be higher. And later in Christianity, after Jesus' resurrection, the Judaizers are coming and they're trying to insert the law. But, it, and this is one of the fundamental things. We're going to overlap a little bit because uh, I, I have the contention that many Christians nowadays don't have some key understandings of some foundational uh, theology to help them understand scripture. And this idea of grace, righteousness through grace versus righteousness of works or works righteousness. And this scripture speaks about that, right? They've earned this. They worked for it. And they want what is due them. They want what is fair. And as we go through these fundamental scriptures over the next several weeks, we're going to find in the world, as we see it, grace is not fair. We can't measure it by the standards of the world. That's what makes it grace. Today, we're going to uh, couch this message in, in uh, around three words, justice, mercy, and grace. There's a saying that you, and I'll do it one at a time. So justice, when we begin to talk about justice, and that's in this scripture because that's the workers. The workers want justice. They want what is right, what is fair, what is just. But we have to be very careful when we begin to talk about justice because the definition of justice is getting what you deserve. Now, face value in the world, that sounds right. Right? You get what you deserve. You look out for number one, you earn your way. That sounds right. But spiritually, theologically, we have to be very careful 
as humans when we start talking about justice in the very broad sense, especially in the spiritual sense. Because when we start, begin to talk about justice and what's fair and we want what we deserve, we better back up and think about that when we're in light of the gospel. Because what does scripture say? All have sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. No one is righteous. Not one of us is righteous. Which presents a problem. When we want to be the judges and the uh, arbitrators of justice, that's a problem because we're not righteous. Only the righteous one can judge, can give justice. And it gets very messy because when we start dealing in justice, and Jesus is very clear, Scripture is very clear, we're not called to be the judges. Because we're human and we're fallible and we fall short. Who am I? I certainly cannot judge somebody else. Not with my sin and my mistakes and uh, I fall short. So how can I judge somebody else? In the same way, if we're honest, all of us say that because we have all sinned. We have all fall short of the glory of God. But boy, this is where we, if we back it up and drill down, we get into this idea of works righteousness. Of, and that is that we become righteous by our own works. That's what Jesus was talking to the spiritual leaders, to the Pharisees about constantly. You are trying to be righteous on your own. You're trying to be better than everybody else. You're judgmental. You hit, sit at the head table in the head seat. And he's trying to tell them and preach to them that no one, that righteousness cannot be earned on our own. And Paul unpacks that in Romans and Galatians and says, no one is righteous or justified by their works or by their law. And if we try, that's a problem. Because we can't do it. Remember, we've talked about this. In the Old Testament, one of the lessons that we're supposed to learn from the chosen people is that humans can't be faithful enough, can't be righteous enough. Even after being given the law, even after entering into covenant, we fail over and over again. And so the law was given to point out our unrighteousness. And all of that is not to condemn us, but to point us to our Savior, for us to finally say, I can't. And the gospel says, Jesus did. And so we have to be very careful when we begin to uh, think about trying to be good enough, trying to earn our way, trying to uh, get righteous by our works, because we will always fall short. And what that breeds, when we begin to fall into that trap what that breeds is self-righteousness. And I'll make a claim, my feeling, we have, in the midst of this pandemic, we have another pandemic in the world that is dividing the world. And that is self-righteousness. Because it's, it's intoxicating, right? To be right about everything and to be absolutely right to the exclusion of all others. 
to the exclusion of, of morality, to the exclusion of everything else. And when I say self-righteous, some of you are sitting there going, yeah, I'm thinking, you're thinking of somebody else on another point of view going, yeah, I preach it, Jim, that's right. Those self-righteous, if you're thinking that, I'm talking to you too. Self-righteousness is not a conservative or progressive state of affairs. It is not a Republican or Democrat state of affairs. It is a, a shape of the heart that divides people, that judges people. And so we'll, we'll touch back on that. But as, as Christians, we're not called to be self-righteous. We don't have our righteousness through our works or through the law. Our righteousness, and everybody should know this, it's fundamental fact of the Reformation, that it is grace alone that we are saved. Ephesians 2.8 says, uh, we are saved by faith through grace so that no one can boast. It is not by works. We're all in the same boat. We're all sinners, and we need a Savior. And so that leads us out of justice. We'll, once you just sit with that, we'll come back to that later on in the series. But when we move to justice, because we realize that we can't be just enough, we can't be good enough, we can't be righteous enough, we need a Savior, we need the one that is faithful, the one that is righteous, even to death on the cross. When we come to that point, then we realize I don't want what I deserve, <laughs> right? We get all self-righteous in Malachi. They get all self-righteous. Well, why are the evil people prospering? We want what we deserve. And he goes, no, you don't. And that's what mercy is. When we begin to look at justice, mercy is not getting what you deserve. And as Christians, when we come, there was a saying we talked about in one of our studies. Um, oftentimes, we have to come to the realization that we can't be good enough. We have to come to the bottom of the barrel, to the end of our rope. There's a saying that says, God's office is at the end of your rope. Because there you will find mercy. And you won't get what you deserve, praise God. You will get what you don't deserve. And that's grace. But mercy is not getting what you deserve. There's a story, I ever, as I was praying this week, thinking about this, I remembered a, a pastor out in West Texas. His name was Kerry Hurst. And he told this great story about, he came from a family of influence and wealth in a small Texas town. And he said, self-admittedly, he was spoiled and when he was turned 16, I don't remember what it was. It might have been a Mustang, but it was brand new sports car. Brand new. And he was riding around town, and he didn't have it for a week. And he was driving erratically, irresponsibly, rolled that thing in a Texas hill, and just totaled it. He miraculously came out without a scratch. But he said, as I waited there for my dad to get there, I realized he was going to kill me. And he, knew, he said, and I knew I deserved it. But I knew he was, I was in for it. 
And I was down the hill and the car was up on the hill and my dad came through and he passed that car and he came running towards me and I was like, oh, this is going to be worse than I thought. And his dad grabbed him and began to cry and hugged him. It wasn't from a place of authority or wasn't a place of righteousness or holiness. It was out of love. And he knew he didn't deserve that. But his dad gave him what he didn't deserve because of his actions in the world. He loved him. He forgave him. Even though that's not what he deserved. Out of love, that's what his dad gave him. So justice is getting what we deserve. And if we're honest with ourselves, no one wants that. And mercy is getting what we don't deserve. And in Jesus Christ, that's what we get. We don't. He has fulfilled the law. He has fulfilled all the qualifications for a just God of of atonement for sin in Jesus Christ. Because we couldn't do it. The song goes, it's an old song, contemporary song. It says, he paid a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. And so we did not get what we deserved. That's mercy. And finally, we come to grace. And grace is getting what we do not deserve. Getting what we do not deserve. You can't earn it. It, It's a gift, as Ephesians 2, 8 says, that no one can boast because it's not by works. You didn't earn it. By definition, that's a gift. But we even have a little trouble with that because even in our world, a lot of times our gifts have qualifications, right? They have, they have something behind it. We might be given something, but we expect something unsaid back from it. Even if it's a, a certain amount of appreciation or if you're, get your, I've never had this happen, but if your wife's mad at you for any reason, and you want to make up, right? You, you give a gift so she's not mad at you anyway. And I'll tell you that works 50% of the time, not all the time. But it, it's, it, we can't earn it. We, there, there's nothing we can do because it doesn't go back to justice. It doesn't depend on our works. It has nothing to do with us, this gift of grace. It has everything to do with the giver. It is not because of who I am that Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for my sins, that I might have eternal life and abundant life. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with who God is. Remember, in our egocentric way, we want to make the Bible all about us. But always remember, the Bible is not about me. It's about what God has done for me in Jesus Christ. And it's about God's grace that gives us what we do not deserve. Best things in my life, I have family here, best things in my life is nothing that I worked for or earned. It has been gifts from God. Because if I got what I deserved, I'd be in trouble. And if you're honest, you would be too. 
But grace, where there's grace, there's always hope. I was listening to Pastor Raymond today, and this was affirmation, gave me affirmation about this idea of grace. And he was talking about how, how legalistic churches can be, and, and if we're not careful, we can fall into that trap. Because I, I was thinking about, uh, he was talking about different churches and how they go through committees to hire pastors in different ways. And he, he said, you know, if, you're, if they're looking for a perfect pastor, they're not going to find one. But oftentimes these search committees are, we do it different in the Methodist church. They look at people's records and he goes, if you find a, a perfect record, you're not going to find one. And yet we expect pastors to be perfect, but they're not. And he really drove the point home. He goes, he was talking about new birth. We could say um, Rockbridge, right? If we were looking at people's records, they wouldn't have hired or we might not have hired Paul himself to be the pastor of this church, all right? He persecuted, he murdered, he, he was in jail. He had a, he had a rap sheet. But then he said something, and I told him, he said, well, that's all right. You, I've quoted you before. I said, I'm going I'm to use some, one of your lines. He said, where there is grace, human failure is never final. Because it's not about what we've done or what we've earned. It's about what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And that is what grace is. It is a gift from God for us. You see, I don't deserve what I've received in my life. I don't deserve to be reconciled to a pure and holy God. I don't deserve to be able to come in his presence at any time I want and fall to my knees in prayer. Jesus, out of his great love, gave his life that I might have life. He gave his life that I might have eternal life. He gave his life for the sacrifice of my atonement for sins. He gave me mercy. God in his great love shows us grace. Even though we're not righteous, even though we've been rebellious, we've been unfaithful, we've been selfish, we lived for the world, in Christ, that describes me all over. Completely. But here's the good news of grace, the gift of what I don't deserve. In Christ, I have been made righteous. In Christ, I have been reconciled to a pure and holy God. In Christ, I have been forgiven. In Christ, I receive peace, abundant life, and eternal life in Christ. And it's all a gift. A glorious, amazing gift of grace. And to the world, it doesn't make any sense because it's not fair. But that's what makes it grace. I look forward to talking about this more in the weeks to come. I pray we will maybe even send out the scriptures that we're going to be reading over the next several weeks so that you can read them, that you can pray about them, you can pray over them, that they can sink into you. Because grace, we, oftentimes we talk about it in very fluffy, flowery, surface terms. But it's amazing. And it's, and it's 
depth and profoundness. And when we really look at it, and the inequity of the grace is what makes it amazing. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you that you have not given me what I deserve. But Lord, you have filled me with your Holy Spirit. You have uh, shown mercy and you have given me what I don't deserve. Salvation and reconciliation. Lord, peace and joy. Lord, you have restored my soul. And I praise you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.